This week on the Reverse Stick, we get all maths on you. Well, we don't. The FIH does. New World Rankings are out. And there's plenty of stats to talk as well. Get the calculators out, folks. And welcome to a very warm Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast Number, where are we at? One, two, four. My name's John Lee. Joining me, Matt uh, Allen. Uh, hello. Sweaty, sweaty Matt Allen. Excuse me. What's up, mate? Mate, I'm wearing my undies. <laughs> you shouldn't be looking at my body to see whether I'm sweaty or not. Keep your eyes on that screen in front of you, please, and keep your eyes off me. I'll try. You promised. Oh, I won't And look. no touching this time. No touching. Oh, how's your hockey week, babe? Uh, hot. Uh, oh, bushfire uh, engulfed. Uh, on really? on Monday for walking hockey. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a big fire out the back of the the new club rooms. Um, oh. We uh, there was a little spark happening, and we we had a little break for water. Came back on for the last fifteen minutes. Well, last, you had all the water. Last <laughs> lasted about eight. Well, no, we we had. Don't worry. We kept the embers off the turf. The sprinklers went on. Managed ten minutes. Um, we had some senior members playing the game though, so and they started to cough and sp- splutter a little bit. So oh, we really? thought probably best to come off the field now. Uh, and then our last game on Tuesday night of, of uh, normal uh, fives summer hockey, yeah. um, a, 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 you know, thirty thirty degrees or something like that when we played. About a bit, that a time. bit warmer when you a bit warmer than you played. And and, I, and then after that, I haven't given a single thought to hockey. <laughs> at all until sitting down here with you now oh no you gave hockey a little tiny thought oh, yes- so- yesterday when you went oh that's typical an FIH release late on a Friday <laughs> we'll get to that and more news mm, what's what going we on news wise well guess what what it's a lead up to Christmas and that means not bloody much mate no, well, we've not had, much at all. Well, that, there is plenty going on, actually. That's not, we've had the indoor se- we've had the indoor series um, with the Irish exactly. women um, in South Africa. Well done to Tyron and Digi Sport for broadcasting those games from Cape Town, the second venue in the series. But unfortunately, a whitewash. Well, unfortunately, if you're Irish, great. If you're South African, um, oh yeah, a whitewash to the South. Good African. to see Ireland back out there and competing, though. Absolutely, in after the a, indoor a long, long break. Arena, yeah, and. Uh, uh, Prince of uh, Prince of Commentary in action. Yeah, um, number two in South Africa. Well done, oh, Tyron yeah. Jibu, don't worry. Barnard. Keep an eye, keep an eye out, I, an I ear can, out I for can see him, 24/7. I can see him succeeding the throne. I can see him getting there. Can you? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Vote Tyron number one. Yeah, big week. You know it makes sense. Yes. Before we get to that voting stuff, a couple of other things have been happening. We did have the. Um, let's have a look. Previous SEA Games SEA Games at Laguna. Uh, Interesting article from Ashley Morrison on Not the Footy Show um, about the uh, the loss of eleven-a-side hockey within that tournament and uh, uh, opportunity for legacy and growth in certain areas within within Asia. There, mention that in a minute. A okay. bit later on in the show. That's sorry, we haven't. Anyway. Sorry, folks, we haven't talked about what we're going to talk about. We're actually just uh, sat down, cracked yeah. a beer. I've just rocked, rocked up, hot day, just finished work. Here we are. You're going to have to get what you get and don't get upset. Yep. Uh, Yes, well, the Southeast Asian Games, the final took place and it was between Thailand and Malaysia. That's the men's side of things. Final score, the gold medal goes to Malaysia, winning 3-1, 2-1 scoreline at halftime. 
I didn't see the game, but I imagine with that sort of scoreline, it was it was fairly exciting, especially for an indoor game. Not much in it. Three one. Three one. Nah, you want to see ten goals in indoor no, for it to be exciting. And look, Malaysia, Malaysia should be on top there. Do you need ten top... celebratory moments a game to make it a worthwhile game of hockey, Matt? No, nil nil no. draw, that will do for me. Well, one nils can be exciting. It's ten nil. Keep your eyes on the umpire. Uh, final standings there, Malaysia. Finished first, Thailand second, Myanmar with third, or equal third with Singapore, and the Philippines rounding out the men's pool there. They uh, finished in fifth place. If we click on to the women's side of things, with my infinitely superior Australian government-sponsored broadband, um, we can get to the women's (laughs) side of things. Also played in Laguna from the 4th to the 10th. Laguna's in the Philippines. Did you know that? A good place to go. It'd be nice if you're poolside at the moment, mate. I'm you fanning, are fanning my face your at the face moment. with your hand. I thought. So we can't turn the fan on because you'll hear it, folks. I thought. And I, it, I thought that's why we like got rubbish. these new sexy sports broadcaster bloody headsets. Um, where did I put my little spray water? Well, bottle? let's get to I those results. We don't have to worry about our discomfort at the moment. It's not um, that hot. Come on, look, really, it's not that hot. How are you feeling in Northern Europe at the moment? <laughs> Hearing this. Um, the women's side of things, once again, it was Thailand and Malaysia in the finals. This time, a very tight game. 1-0 at half-time in favour of the Thais. Uh, Malaysia came back and scored a goal in the second half to leave the official game score at one all into a shootout, and it was Malaysia who uh, managed to score twice during the shootout. Um, Thailand couldn't get one in. So uh, Malaysia winning the gold medal there at the Southeast Asian Games. For the women, final standings, Malaysia 1, Thailand 2. Singapore and the Philippines were both ranked 3, and Cambodia rounding out those five nations. Well, inter- interesting there. You would you would think the Malaysian women would be a higher-ranked team than Thailand, just on the outdoor form. But indoor, it's uh, uh, Thailand ranked at 26 and Malaysia ranked at 33. So a little bit of an upset there. And well done to all the competitors from all sports at the Southeast Asian Games. I hope you had a great time. Those of, wouldn't you love to go to an event like that? Yes, yes, It'd I be would. Fantastic. I would love to, John. I would, there's, there's all sorts of sports I've never even heard of. Yeah, but just no. There's some, some, like yeah. some of the martial arts and things that are just very yeah. specific to two or three countries. Um, yeah, absolutely no idea what they're all about. I'll, I'll just give Morrison a bit of a plug with the uh, not the Footy Show podcast because the next time one that comes out, I'll be asking him about all these sports that we never get to hear about because I love his little stories when he comes back from these sorts of events. And that's anyway. easy, to, easy to find, ladies and gentlemen. Just oh, you you go to your, your your preferred podcast provider yeah. and search "Not the Footy Show" or one word, and uh, you'll be able to subscribe to that excellent podcast. Thank well, you. it's fifty percent excellent. Yeah, half excellent. Yeah. Very half excellent. Well, what's in progress at the moment? Well, something that finished was the Three Nations Invitational for the under-21s for the women, wasn't it? And yeah, it was Australia, Canberra, New Zealand yeah. and India playing there. Uh, it was a round-robin tournament, but it sort of came down to the last game, uh, Australia versus India, except it didn't come down to the last game because uh, Australia won two goals to one. India were ranked first in that tournament. They were already, already uh, top of the was of that. Yeah. Um, Australia and New Zealand played a couple of times. A 3-1 win to New Zealand the first time and a 3-1 win to Australia the second time around. The Indians got hold of New Zealand 2-0 the first time and then 4-1 the second time. And against Australia, uh, they lost one game 2-1, the last one, but drew the middle game one all, And uh, it left India in top position. So that was an under-21 
ladies in action. I think that's pretty much about it, Matt, as far as the big time results go. Uh, But we are coming up towards the next big, real big events coming up is, of course, the Pro League. What do you want about the big time events? Do you not remember last week? Well, wait, the big like, outdoor 11 or so. We'll get to the indoor hockey stuff. No, I'm not talking about the indoor well, stuff. I'm talking about the 2019 Africa Cup for Club Champions. Oh, no, I was going to let you do oh, you are look, we'll just We'll do it now. That's, yes. um, and, of course, our guest last week, uh, Ahmed Ez, uh, Egyptian and Al Sharki, a player. It was a 1-0 win in the men's final, John, over Smuha, their Egyptian counterparts. And By Al Sharki, um, for our shark here, yep. So, uh, and also a great result in the, uh, the women's competition as well for our shark here. And, uh, a they, double. A double, uh, at home as well. well that yeah, is. Always helps. And our shark here. Um, a one nil win over Ghana Revenue Authority that, mm. that as mentioned last week, uh, in the third, fourth playoff. One nil. There, that was, uh, a, a shootout win for Ghana Police over, Cutter Queens from Nigeria after a 1-1 draw. And uh, I did ask, um, the pictures of our Sharkia teams are in red. Okay. Which made absolutely no bloody sense to me whatsoever because, as said last week, that they wear orange and green, if you, yeah, if you remember. Oh, we do. Yeah, orange and, and I messaged, I said, hang on, mate, why are you wearing red? <laughs> and he messaged back. He said, ah, oh, because of the sponsors of the... Of, the tournament and whatever, and that's the, the shirts we had to wear for red for that. And then he sent me another ten photos of them wearing orange. <laughs> ah, we should post one of them. <laughs> Put one of them up. Well done to all the teams that took part in that tournament. Yep, great stuff. And look, we mentioned it last week. Ghana put, Revenue, they nearly got there. I put that little um, clip out on socials this week to promote the show from last week. And took the clip out where, as he's talking about, he, he heard from Africa Hockey, there may be some moves towards a World Club Championship. Uh, and that was a question I'd asked him prior in the show and something we've talked about before. Can we see one day, John, the African champions, the Euro champions, the Oceania champions, the Asian champions, the Pan American champions, all coming together for a World Club competition? You know, this is where we should um, feature a sound grab from uh, a former Victorian junior hockey goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sound grab would go something like, um, Oh, jousting sticks, Dad. $100. Tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, you like that? Yeah. No, that's pretty good. Check out, the ca- ca- check out the castle, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, that'll do. Okay, and now it's time for our feature interview, and uh, this week we're talking to uh, Hockey WA Over 50s Division 2 player, uh, <laughs> made his debut this year, played hockey all of his life, used to be a goalkeeper back in the early days, uh, uh, and his name is uh, Mr. John Lee. John, welcome yes. to the Reverse Stick, thanks uh, for coming on. Uh, it's very nice, thank you, Matt. Um, uh, so, hey. John, as we always do, we start off our interviews with people on the show, and we say, <laughs> how, 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 did, how did you get into hockey? What's, what, what's your hockey history? My hockey history, the first game of hockey I can remember is uh, going to an oval at the back of what was then the West Australian College of Teachers College in Mount Lawley, uh-huh. and uh, my dad was playing a game. So so hockey was in the family, John, from an early well, age? Well, it, it, it turns out that dad was playing the game because something to do with a whole pile of group of students that he happened to be 
teaching and something or other. So he'd actually never played hockey before. Oh, so that was the first ever game he played. Well, I don't. It was certainly the first season he'd ever played. <laughs> well, I, well, you know that totally explains where you got your skills from. It does indeed. Yeah. But he had. Uh, I can still remember his boots, and for a long time I had them too. They were leather with um, nail in aluminium studs. Uh huh. Knee high, uh, knee high, ankle high boots, <laughs> ankle high boots. So I loved them. Knee high boots, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a funny game back then. Yeah, um, yeah. That, and then I don't know about uh, the age of nine or something. I pestered my mum and dad into letting me play. Now you've got a brother as well. Was he yeah. playing at the same time, similar um, age? I, I think he didn't start at the same time as me. I think he started a year later or maybe two years later. Uh-huh. It's two years of difference between them. I he's, so he's, young, he's younger. I think. Um, yeah. Did he get your younger. hand-me-downs? He got my hand, he got my skills. Yeah. Yeah, he's a much better player. He is I, a much better player. Yeah. <laughs> I've only played with him twice. He's a much <laughs> better player. <laughs> it's true. That's okay. I've got no report for that. Yeah. And mum, did she, she, she ever involved in the game? Oh, my, my mum has been a fantastic uh, supporter of my hockey career uh-huh. uh, to the point where uh, I know that regardless of how poorly I play in any particular game, she'll always tell me she thought I played well, um, which it, it, it's an amazing skill of hers because normally uh, people, when they, they're knitting, have to look at what they're knitting. Yeah. And so she's got this marum, marum, <laughs> remarkable did she knit, Did she knit when you were younger, sort of club, club-coloured... Underwear, socks. If I asked my mum swimming to, trunks. to knit me a beanie, yeah. she would do it in a heartbeat. Not a minute. I get you, my mum to do all my the, beanies. All right, patrons, uh, don't worry. There's some there's beanies coming your way soon, apparently. We've just found something out we didn't know was, was possible. All right. Be warned. Let's have a meeting on air, shall we? They're not all made out of the same colour yarn. They're not all, all, not all of them have, in fact, none of them have one colour. Talking about, y- talking about yarn, talking about yarn, John. Why are we doing, talking about yarn, John? There's um, things can, to talk about. Can you, can you share with us maybe, um, some of those early stories, uh, when you were playing in school? What, what's something that really sticks out? Spin a yarn for us. Uh, I can't. I don't have a yarn to spin. You just dump this on me. Um, so I don't have a yard. Well, look, I just played. I just uh, love playing. We used to uh, go to the local no, school. We would no. get on the netball courts, grass netball courts, because they had little D's marked on. And we play two on two and three on two and three on three, or as many as we could on these netball courts. Look, I'm really, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really, um, I'm really sorry. I thought your agent might have let you know that this was going to happen today. We did send some questions through. Um, oh, it's okay. We, 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 did we, he do it? We can cut it short now. It's fine. Uh, don't worry. We can edit all this out and just put it, put it into the show. Look, it's fine, John. Um, I'll give you a call tomorrow. I'll make sure I'll send, give me your email address in a moment. I'll make sure I send those questions through to you. Um, make sure it's very clear to you what we're going to talk about and maybe you've got a bit of time to prepare for it. That's great. You are listening what? to the Romantic Episode One Two Four, the Global Hockey Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for downloading. We'd appreciate if you could like, subscribe, rate, even put a review there on Apple Podcasts. It would be very much appreciated. What's going on in the world of hockey, John? World rankings, Matt. Go for it. World rankings. Um, once again, oh, you've thrown me totally now. <laughs> Um, world rankings. New world rankings have been unveiled by the FIH. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, that, that, that's, that's part one of the John Lee hockey story done oh there. <laughs> part one of the John Lee hockey story. 
Follow yeah. at John Lee Hockey on Twitter. Uh, my grandparents used to come watch too. Just slide that in. Um, FIH unveils new world ranking system for 2020. Released by the FIH on December 12, 2019. We would like to uh, thank USA Hockey for being the first to actually post a link on social media to it. Time difference, mate. So that everybody in the rest of the world could see it. That means um, it went out at 11 o'clock on Thursday night from uh, one of the erstwhile FIH writers. Uh, but not in any way or shape or form promoted by the FIH. Anyway, that's interesting. Uh, it, it, it's sort of in three parts, this release. There's a... Um, uh, no, no, it's been finished in England at 11 o'clock England time, which is then midnight um, Switzerland, but it's landed daytime in Look, the States. That's, that's how it works. It, it's another late release as far you know it's not early in the week it's a late in the week release when a lot of these releases lately have been coming late in the week Matt they always do yeah but but you decide on a Monday that this is what you want to happen and then it takes you a week to work out how you're going to make it happen and then you ride it up late on a Thursday night and then it's available on a Friday everybody knows that's how it goes John Jeez. oh okay well They've unveiled it. There's a, on on the uh, the news page on the FIH website. Go there, you'll find it. There's this uh, little piece where it basically explains the model. There are links on that page to a FAQ, which is um, in one of the smallest fonts I've ever seen on a computer screen ever. Um, it is incre- it, it's an incredibly small font. Have you honestly? Is that the smallest font possible? Yeah, but you printed it. You you could have expanded it, but you wouldn't have got everything on the page. I did. To be fair. Um, Anyway, so, we, it's so, very so, so there's tiny. columns. There's an important fact. No, what? Subject, comment, FIH response. Ah, right. Overall, will this ranking, that's the subject. Yeah, will yeah. Will this ranking system, blah, blah. So there's an FAQ there. It's, a, it's hard to say how many pages it is because it's in such a small font that by the time you put it up to a size you could actually read it, you might have 10 pages there. Well, look. I and? Think, I think, well, that, that's great for, for um, our eco footprint for the game. Uh, but it's we'll also get gr- to that in a minute. But the other great thing, John, is it's going to be great for helping, helping people sleep. Is it? And that's a great service. I'd say it's a gift. Talking well, of people sleeping, you know what else is available? The what? PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> of the world rankings. The, the, how the world rankings work. And you know what? You should all go there. You should all have a look. Did you download a, a .ppt or is it a PDF? Uh, it's a PDF, I think. Oh. Yeah, I, you, I don't know all that stuff. Now, the world ranking system is a match-based algorithm. Yes. P after equals P before plus R times W times I. Yep, makes sense. P after is the number of world ranking points after a match. You know what I P after. (laughs) About half a can more of one of those. Uh, P before the number of world ranking points before the match. R is the match result. And don't pee during the match. We've had trouble with that in England recently. W is waiting, and I is importance. Yeah. I assume this is like a normal algorithm when you write R is whatever, and W is whatever, and I is whatever, and you don't put a symbol in between. It's just the times. Wouldn't you, you know, like R R times, is it plus? Anyway, you're entitled to assume what you want. Please don't bring me into it. I, okay, it's an algorithm. Just wondering. Um, go and listen. The, go, do go and listen to the studiohockey.com podcast where John White from the FIH speaks to Ernst Bart because 
I found that it's it, that was all I needed to know about, about the rankings. Okay. Without but this looking, is what, that's what the algorithm they're using is. Mate, that's how I, they no, work it out. And I understand why you have to let people know what this is. Um, it's I, very I'm, easy, I'm, really. It's you got this many ranking points. You play a game, and after the game, you get given this. The amount the num- of points you win, yeah, yeah. There's, is, there's, there's a certain amount that's there in the part. It's determ- determined by how your, many you had your, before. Your world ranking, the importance of the competition itself, partly the result. There's a weighting and there's an importance. Yeah. So invent importance is listed as World Cups and Olympic Games get 10 for importance. Uh, qualifiers for either of those events get a six, as do continental championships. The Pro League winners get five. Continental qualifiers are three. Championship division two or three. Um, three plus team invitational tournaments. So you'll still be getting ranking points for invitational tournaments. They'll get uh, an importance ranking of uh, two. Uh, yep, two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Continental Championship Division Three will also be on two. One-off test matches will be only given a one-point ranking, uh, one-point weighting. Oh, sorry, importance. And uh, Continental Championship Division Four will get one point. Yeah. Okay. Um, the weighting, the W, is teams have five hundred points per pre-match and team B has a thousand points pre-match. If team A were to win, the weighting would equal 1 minus 500 take a thousand over a thousand which is 1.5. If team B wins, they're the higher ranked team, they will get 0.5 that would 1 minus 1000 over 500 divided by a thousand. So can you give us a practical example of where we are at the moment? On the, is that available on this document? I'm of... barely able to read this stuff, let alone give you a practical example okay. of it. Look, it, it, the, the formula is there. If you want to know how it works, when it gets to Tintax, that's how the formula works. They put it up, everybody can see it, it so that there can be no argument. How does this stuff work? And blah, 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 blah. You can easily work it out from that formula. That's wonderful. And uh, I'm sure coaches around the world are going to be pouring over that to uh, ensure the importance the... Of, of the victories or defeats. What, what will be interesting is who you choose to match up in in some of these non-FIH tournaments, uh, Tri-Nations, whatever else it might be, because you might not want to risk losing points there you, are you, some you, modifiers to this for, for the top nations. They've already got yep. the, they've already got the pro league yeah, to, there, to play around. There are with a the, couple the of modifiers. Minus. There are modifiers. If the difference in ranking points before the match is greater than one thousand, then a maximum weighting of two is applied if the lower ranked team wins, or zero if the higher team ranked team wins. This is to not discourage higher ranked team nations from playing against lower ranked nations for the risk of losing loss of points. Risk of losing loss of points. Anyway, yeah. Um, so they, they have thought about that aspect of it, whether or not. It doesn't matter what system you come up with in these sort of ranking things. They all have their faults and they all have their errors somewhere built in along the line. And it'll take a couple of years for the dust to settle, especially considering that we're starting from the point where wherever you are, the points that you have at the end of the year are the points that you, 
you'll be carrying on with. Yeah, yeah. So they're not wiping the slate clean and everybody's starting from fresh and new. Well, no, it's, it's subjective as, as well, isn't it? As we know, some people don't agree with the fact that Australia are where they are in the world rankings, particularly in the men's game. Oh, well, that's what happens when you win. Let's face it, none of these rankings are based on teams losing games. No, and okay. none, of, none of them matter if your goals are to win the big tournament. So as long as you're within that group of 8, 10, 12, 16 that are going to make their way through by virtue of your world ranking, regardless of what happens in, in qualifying tournaments and whatever to get you there, what, what, you win, the goal is to go and win those things. What is it? the importance of world rankings? Yeah, well, we've, we've had this debate before yeah. with it, haven't we? But it, it's yeah. not, in some ways, it's not really to tell you who's the best team in the world. I mean, that's easy to figure out because the best teams always win. Yeah. But it's it's deciding those middle-ranked teams and how all those people are going to get to places like Olympic Games. That's and it, and there's consequence there. And we, we, we saw very recently that if South Africa didn't take their place um, on the women's side to go to, to, go to uh, Tokyo then Korea could have come in there or it might have had an influence on the result of the, if the Ireland-Canada game had gone a different way. Yeah. And Ireland, Ireland would have made their way through. So it does make a difference for those those countries that are just on the cusp of within the qualification process that we, that we have. But ultimately, winning solves all your problems. I know that, that sounds really easy to say, but if you're one of those teams that... Um, is around the cusp of those sorts of things, that that is exactly the answer to your problems. It's not worrying about what formula is being applied by the FAH and blah, blah, blah. It's just winning. You keep winning, you go up. Yeah. That that should be the bottom line. Yeah, you do. But that doesn't, that's not, not necessarily the measure of success because no. different countries will measure that success exactly. in, in different but ways. If you're an and aspirant it's about, it's about to those. Progress, yeah. It? But yeah. if you're an aspirant to those, to those events, if you yeah. think you're a serious aspirant, just win. Don't yeah. worry about all the other peripheral stuff. Just win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, there's one thing that annoys me, though, is that the idea that expressed in these um, the FAQs and the PowerPoint documents, etc., is that more international hockey is a good thing. And we've been down that road before as well, as far as what we think of that. And other people in the hockey world have expressed their opinion as well. And I just think that's a dangerous path to be travelling our sport down. Well, moving into 2020, because we've, all the international stuff is now done for the year, we do have the new world rankings as well as the announcement of uh, what they're going to look like going forward. Uh, on the men's side, no change in your top five. Australia, Belgium, Netherlands, Argentina, India. Uh, Germany go up one place and leapfrog England. Spain leapfrog New Zealand. Uh, Canada stay in at 10th. Uh, one move up for Malaysia and France as Ireland moved down two and South Africa holds steady at zero, uh, um, at zero. What am I talking about on 14th? Uh, the big risers, Wales up seven places to 18th. Oman up six places to 27th. Uh, Italy up three places to 23rd. Scotland up to 19th from, uh, up two places. And, uh, the fallers, China down seven to 25th, Poland down 4 to 26th, Switzerland down 3 to 34th. Uh, and on the women's uh, side of things, Russia, the big climb is up 4 to 19, Canada up 3 to 15, Peru up 3 to 35, and Lithuania up 2 to 34th. No change in the top three, Netherlands, Australia, Argentina, 
Germany go above England, uh, switching fourth and fifth. New Zealand, Spain, Ireland all stay in six, seven, eight. India up one, China up one, Korea up one, and Belgium down three to twelfth. Excellent. And of course, those results, those rankings have nothing to do with the new system no, that's coming that's, in. That's, that's started the from the uh, yeah. January 1st, and um, that's where your team will start the new year in the world rankings once that new system kicks off. Uh, go to the FIH website, and you can read all the documentation, etc., etc. there. But I think the only thing you really need to know is what the algorithm is, to be quite frank, and how to work it out. You get that, you'll, you'll understand the system. And Yeah, no, look, it, it kind of makes sense as a way forward. There is, what, uh, John White did say something, there was a prescribed uh, method which is used by other sports, Elon or Eon or something. Ebo or something. Elo or something, yeah. I spoke to the old fella last night and he said, oh, I jumped onto the FIH website to see if I could find out about this thing. Can't think what it was. And uh, he said, I went here and went there, and there was a link here, and it just got so confusing. I said, oh, maybe because I'm a bit of a, a technophobe. I said, no, that's how the site's set up. So you, you, you've you opened that original article, which then sends you to a link at the bottom of a page to send you to another page with another link. You can uh, find the frequently asked questions document here. Why don't you just put all that on the on the one page? Here's your information. This is where it's, where it's all at. Why make it so bloody confusing and hard to find it how will hockey fives matches be included or not in the world ranking system did you send that question in no the future vision oh this is a real struggle to read Matt wait a sec oh god there we go I got this I got the solution oh he's got he's, putting, he's now putting on a uh, a workman's headlight oh, torch I think it's, it's probably a welder's um, light of some sort there they're doing soldering there you go. Oh, where are we going? How will hockey fives matches? Oh, where's my microphone? There we go. The future vision is to have a separate hockey fives world ranking table, as is currently the case with indoor. Until then, hockey fives matches and tournaments will be included in the same table as 11s. Just until... Did you hear that, folks? Yeah. So, um, it's going to be included in the same table. So what interests me with that, John, is I understand that that's about boosting um, developing hockey nations to get reward for being involved in hockey fives tournaments. Um, but what if? Well, no, 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 no. But what if? What if Australia and Argentina decided to play a hockey fives game? Does that then count to world rankings? No. Each nation will have to choose whether they are an 11s nation or a hockey fives. What? For the purposes of world rankings. If a team elects to be an 11s nation, then hockey fives matches will not count towards their world ranking. The aim is to launch hockey fives world ranking system separately in 2022 in the build up to the first hockey fives world cup. So, um, what poppycock? So what? So so you sign up to say now we're a hockey fives nation and you're not allowed to earn ranking points from playing eleven aside hockey. No, what you do is if you, you nominate. So I imagine if you're Fiji, you nominate as a fives nation, and you just go around beating Western Samoa twenty nil every week, and then you can rise up into the yeah, 11. but you don't because of the waiting, John. That's the thing. But that precludes the eleven aside involvement. I don't. I think that's very. Um, that's very. Confusing. Uh, until then, hockey fives matches and tournaments will be included in the same table as 11s. 
I, uh, okay, whatever. Anyway, look, you've got to really sit through and do a, quite a bit of reading and trying to figure it out exactly what's going on because not all of the information is in any one document. So, uh, you know, like that. We just found that then, sitting here reading then. I saw that. I'd, I'd sort of skimmed over it. Could the Great Britain formula lead towards ranking engineering? The Great Britain formula will be applied in the same way as currently, but for each match. Therefore, the number of ranking points for Great Britain before a match that is used to calculate the weighting on a match will be calculated by the number of players of each England, Scotland and Wales and applying the proportional ranking points from each home nation. Any points won or lost during the match will then be divided similarly. Uh, if, Great Brit- if two Great Britain teams play against each other, Wales and Scotland, for example, there will be bonus. Ex- there will be a points exchange, so no overall gain for Great Britain. Um, wow! Does it? Does I mean, that, that would have been a fun afternoon in the office <laughs> putting that line together, wouldn't well, it? Well, who runs uh, Great Britain hockey at the moment? Well, it's England hockey. England hockey. By, so, by uh, agreement of the other home nations. Though. Well, that's going to be interesting. That agreement will have to be torn up now that there's a proportional representation of points going to each of the home nations, depending on which one, how many players are representing Great Britain. Well, and should well, that that's going to open up a can of worms. Well, I think there's a bigger issues there with um, Scot- oh, Scottish 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 independence at the moment. Yeah. That's going to uh, uh, be an interesting uh, situation going forward. Well, lots of in- well. Lots of interesting situations coming forward in Great Britain in the future, no doubt. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. I'm John Lee, and the other bloke is Matt Alan. Matt. Greetings. Maverick Hockey. Maverick Hockey. Oh, we, yeah. Uh, you, well, you got a message a couple of weeks ago yeah. and uh, from somebody at maverickhockey.com. Co, yep. which is a, a fledgling Australian hockey brand, would that be fair to say, from what I can garner? Uh, I, I think so, but we'll find out more, because uh, we are in conversation with them, and we'll be getting them on, they can explain their who, story to who us. Who have you been speaking to, Mav or Rick? That's very good, <laughs> that's very good. Oh, you're on fire tonight, mate. Just crack another one. <laughs> yeah. um, but they have released... They have released. Uh, Maverick seemed to uh, going on the website and sell sticks, and they sell some apparel. And yes, I think fledgling's probably the right idea. But they also oh yeah, sorry but, quickly apparel. Apple um, top of the day posted the other day. Mark Apple Day. The German goal. The German yeah. keep, keeper scored what, in, what, in yeah, BBI calendar, after that. Mark, Mark, Mark Apple, Apple day. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you should mark. When's Apple Day? Apple Day. <laughs> okay. Last week. The Field Hockey Report 2019, as presented by Maverick Hockey. Now, just about this report. We're not going to go through it all because we'll, well, a lot of it, but we'll get... Um, I'm sure you've got things to do as well, folks. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it to when we've got them on the show yeah. and we can chat about it more conclusively. Uh, the it's, 2019, it's, a, it's a weighty time. How many pages is it? Oh, it's a lot. It's a few. It's... 20, it's a bit longer than that. But good. 20, 30. Looks pretty as well. Uh, the 2019 edition of the Field Hockey Report from Maverick Hockey Co. surveyed over 1,700 hockey players worldwide to discover how new versions of the game and changes to the rules are transforming the way we play hockey. Improvements to sticks and gears are transforming how the game is played. Players view, how often, well, players view international matches through a range of different mediums. 
And a combination of improved playing surfaces, stick technology, skills development, and exposure to elite level games is contributing to the positive overall uh, sentiment regarding the health of the sport worldwide. Now, the data in the report is gathered from an extensive survey between 27th of March and 30th of April 2019, which generated responses from over 1,700 hockey players throughout the world. And there's a little world map here, and I, I guess this is the approximate numbers of where people answered from. They got uh-huh. 500 responses from Australia, 130 from Asia, 230 in Africa, 90 in South America, 230 in North America, and 400 responses in Europe. Does it say how they got hold of those people? No, look, it, it, we'll get into... No, it doesn't. No. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, the, the first page, we won't go through a lot of the statistics for t- today, just a couple I've cherry-picked out just to sort of spruik it up for when we do get them on. Uh, according to Maverick, 85% of players only play traditional 11-a-side hockey. 85% of us only play. And um, Okay, so are you... Um are you happy to, just as a general feeling, are you happy to accept that as something that um, maybe supports what we say about or our feelings about the game? Um, partly, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? So, so statist- statistically for you, tick. We, yeah, we, we like what we hear there. Okay. 10% of players surveyed yeah. play indoor hockey, of which... Three percent of that ten percent, yeah, play, play international. Indoor, no, play, <laughs> play indoor exclusively. So ninety-seven percent of the people play indoor hockey, play outdoor hockey, according to these statistics. And I could be wrong, perhaps in my interpretation, but that's why we'll get the Maverick fellows yeah. on. Uh, that's you know that's the start of this stuff here about playing surfaces. Um, is grass greener? I want to take a task over their comments on grass. Okay, Matt, go on, terrible. go on, go on, quickly, no, no. quickly, go on, do it. Well. Sadly, if the number of grass-based players does not decrease over time, more and more players will be left behind in their skill development. That's that's going to be an interesting time when we talk about that. But the rest of it, look, it's stuff here about hockey sticks and the bows on sticks and what's popular. uh, What what you know about your stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What bow your stick has. 26% of players do not know what type of bow they play with. Or conversely, 74% of players have a very good idea of what their bow does. Um, Mine's a long bow. Yeah, you'll often draw yeah. the long bow, my friend. Uh, stick lengths, you're always carrying a long stick as well. Um, 49% of hockey player, of, of players purchase a new hockey stick every 12 months. So. In certain countries. Well, how, how does my only two sticks in the last 30 years <laughs> affect those statistics? Um, but there's, there's lots of stuff in here we'll get them on and talk about. One thing that do, I nearly fell off my chair, Matt, when I read this one, because uh-huh. I was going through, oh, yeah, right, right, I'm thinking about the methodologies, and there's stuff here about what what people like as far as skills go and what they like practising and all the rest of it. Um, but they've also got a section on viewing habits, international hockey matches, uh, live attendances and hockey matches. But this statistic here, 92%, and that we should stress is of, of players player surveyed. Yeah. 92% of players have watched international hockey on TV or online in the past 12 months. I, I thought they've made... They've, it's 8%, mate. It's 92% who don't watch. Yeah. But it'll be really interesting to talk to them about well, that. Well, three billion... Our experience three billion, is it's yeah, not 92%. Three billion hockey players in the world. <laughs> well, it's not really that, but you would think if 92% of all the people that play hockey were watching it on TV or online, 
we would be getting it free to air on TV. Yeah. 92% of hockey players aren't watching their own ones team, and that wherever <laughs> that is in the world, and, and if they were, why the hell's the hockey paper got a hashtag watch your ones campaign? But anyway, that's, that's another, there's some interesting, there's a couple of things we could probably, not grill them, but just, have a, have oh, the, a vibrant chat about the, the stats are the stats, aren't they? The, yeah, that's you know, right. That's, that's what's been collected. Um, it's you know, sixty percent of players are frustrated with the costs associated with playing hockey. Now that's an entirely believable statistic. No, it's just not. Reading it no, off I, the bat. no, it's not. I'd say eighty percent probably. Really? Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe forty percent of the people interviewed are hockey on Austra- stick contracts. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they have yeah. a sponsor. Um, hockey Australia fees go up next year. Don't. Only CPI though. What? What is it? Fruit line. I was 1.5 percent or something oh, like that. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, look. We'll, we'll so they'll be coming for you for your extra dollar dollar twenty seven. I would like to say one thing though, Matt. There, there is, you know, like I read we read that grass thing there about sooner we get off grass or everybody. Mate, but we'll keep keep our powder dry for that. But there's, there's a section here where they uh, talk about. Um, where is it? Section here where they're talking about skills and, and how uh, the turf has enabled more skills to come along and grass is bad for skills and blah, blah. And it got me thinking, you know, a lot of these modern skills and stuff, the one, one they refer to specific or two they refer to is the overhead balls yep. and jinking. Yeah. Now, when I, what you asked me before when I first started playing hockey, when I first started playing hockey, there was a thing oh, called... Sorry, a, hang, sorry, but bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're going into the John Lee hockey story part two. Part two. When, when, when I first started playing hockey, there was a thing called a hand stop in the game. And you could use the hand stop oh, to yeah. stop people using the overhead or raised ball. Yep, yep. It was a legitimate part. Just kick it. your hand out. Uh, get it boom, right angle. It had to go down. Yeah. A this downward, idea that yeah, aerial play forward. is something new in the game of hockey, I don't believe. And uh, we, we would have gone through... I don't know. You probably went through the era. Do you remember when... Fullbacks used to be able to tee off from a sixteen yes, and just yeah, yeah. lob oh, it into no, the opposition. No, no, I remember when when you you'd get players that would lay a flat or an angled stick down in front of a free hit to get and, that uh, lift. To, to get the lift, and it would just be a hit straight through up over and over like a bloody bomb. The, the, oh, the, there's uh, been a lot of skills that have been around hockey, and the jinking one. Well. I mean, if there's not a surface that isn't made for gra- oh, jinking like grass, go and watch doesn't the, exist D, one. the D and Chan. 1940s videos that are yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, you know, I think the skills are easy to execute on on a turf pitch. Yeah, yeah, but, but there's a there's a genesis always there's been a genesis of that skill because that's fundamental to a, the stick and ball game. And and the, uh, this use of overheads now we think it's new because everybody's flicking on their four stick. When I started, first started playing, you know what blokes used to do? They'd get what that was on the scoop. Yeah. Well, you scoop on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, there was a ripper ball. For, I think it was Ollie Willers. It was on galvanised hockey. It did a pro- old time fashioned yeah, 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 scoop from yeah, yeah. just inside the half, I think, and it was. It, uh, he ran into a bit of trouble, uh, checked back, and then threw the reverse scoop up and over, and it landed edge of the D or something. I think they scored, they scored a goal off it. Um, I've got a running bet with Hendo, because I, I tried a couple this year. I didn't quite nail them, but I'm going to get one next year. On yeah. the run. On the run, scooping over the player in front of you to get, yeah. send a pass. But yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, though. And that, you know, that was something they were doing when I was a kid. But the execution of the overhead itself is quite a hard thing oh, to yeah. get. A scoop is a hell of a lot easier. Now, if you're a, a right half or a left half, 
and you've got one defender in front of you thinking he's blocking that line or she's blocking that line of the winger behind, just one, you haven't got but you haven't got to be able to throw a fifty meter overhead. You just gotta get two legs either side of the ball and up and over and dig the bloody thing out and throw it over the top. And you and, get, you, and you've done yeah. your job, that's it. There's no way they're getting it. And I know I sometimes harp on this, you know, grass surface there's nothing wrong with playing on grass and blah blah. Um there's got to be surfaces where people can go from after they're a junior developed player. Because you know what happens? You can't keep developing and developing. Because nope, nope. the next bunch has to come through that you have to develop them. And then the next bunch comes through. So what happens to all this overflow that just gets spat you, out of the you, system? You, you want to keep them in the game. Ar- exactly. Ar- 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 what, what turf brings is consistency. Yeah, ab- yeah and, definitely. And, 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 and I'm that, not against turf. And that, and, no, no, no. But, that, but that, that's, that's down to club uh, management, council management, school management, wherever, the, wherever that grass surface is played. And I don't know. I've, I've, mate, I played on the, the Bourneville Chocolate Factory grass field out, out the front of their old... 1860s club rooms, hottest showers in the world. Oh, they were good on a cold winter's day. But it was like a bloody bowling green. We know yeah. at our club. Very good grass Fantastic fields. grass fields. Curated, loved, looked after for 12 months of the year. Now, you'll get some adverse weather occasionally and you won't be able to play. But there's, no, a, there's, di- there's a difference between that and a club that's uh, on a bit of a dodgy angle with molehills and, and whatever yeah, yeah, else. Exactly. And, um but with it should be with, discounted. That's no, 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 because no, yeah. that's if that's all you've got to play on, that's right. what you play on. And and isn't that part of the FIH message of uh, if you I don't have an astroturf, so. if if two international sides agree to play the game on grass, then they can play the game on grass. Uh, and how how about this? Maybe we should be looking for the top nations in a tournament. Let's oh. see Australia versus the Netherlands on a fine grass field for. FIH ranking points, isn't isn't that the way to light the torch for developing nations and clubs to go? Hang on, we can actually still play this game on grass. It, is that do we not take that as a showcase? Oh, definitely entirely. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. So uh, look out for the Field Hockey Report. Go to MaverickHockey.co. And there'll be a link there. You can download the PDF. It's very, it's good. Look, have a read through it. See what you think. And we'll get the guys on, hopefully, or might be girls as well. Um, we'll get them on in the next couple of weeks or just after Christmas maybe. And um, Christmas. talk more. It's nearly Christmas, oh, no, isn't it? Talk about it? Now, well, <laughs> this is really, I'm going out there with this one. Okay, you ready for me to go out there? Go for it. Um, our mate Paul Das, just before we came on air, uh-huh. posted... Uh, an interesting tweet tonight, which was a clip from YouTube. And the YouTube clip was host, uh, posted by Hockey Heroes, and it was a little video clip. And so go to YouTube. Uh, you can either look at Hockey Heroes' YouTube yeah, page or um, search for why Dutch field hockey is the best in the world. Yeah. And there's a, a video there. It goes about six minutes. And um, apparently it's made in response to a question from some Americans about Dutch hockey or the impressions of an American looking at Dutch hockey. I think it's the other one, the first one. Yeah. Anyway, um, very interesting. It's uh, it's talking about the infrastructure and the culture of Dutch hockey, and uh, everybody should have a look at it because it, it's quite... Well, it's basically a blueprint in some sort of ways. It, um, amazing... St- 
things like every player has to have passed uh, by a certain age. If you continue playing, you've got to have a certain level of an umpiring diploma, uh-huh. they call it. Okay, things like that. Well, um, um, young umpires in class. No, 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 no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not no, go there. In fact, Although I will go there. <laughs> go and have a go and have a look at the video because they actually don't allow that to happen, and they specifically say it in this video that we they don't. Okay. So have a listen to it. It's very interesting. But there's there's one thing that came up that got me thinking straight away about something that I don't know where anybody in hockey's ever thought about. So it might seem a little bit out there. What have you? And it's it's on the turf line as well. And um, I'm not bagging using this as an opportunity to bag turf because we're going to talk about water because water is used on grass fields as well. So. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's, it's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting existential question for hockey to be asking itself now. And it could, in fact, become an existential threat. Now, that there was a, a, a statistic quoted in this video. 1.8 billion litres of potable water are used on Dutch hockey turfs. Whether the fireys are there or not. Well, um, oh, hello, Moggy. Moggy, what, 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 did, what, what water do we use on our? Uh, yeah, it's not bore because it's too, yeah, it's too dirty. You've got to use potable water. Yeah, yeah, You've got to use yeah, drinking water, yeah. drinking quality water, yeah, drinking yeah. cooking quality yeah. water. Okay. Now, the world, as we know, is a changing place, oh, and hockey's going to have a problem with water. Uh, whether you want to call yourself, whether you're on the deniers side or the doomsayers side of the whole climate debate, if the doomsayers are right, hockey has a serious problem. Yeah, and you know the bigger issue? One Do you of know how much water is used in beer production? No, I'm being serious. No, I know you are. Yeah. And so am I. 1.8 billion litres yeah. to, to wet a hockey turf. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, it's not insane. I get it. But um, there is going to come a point where in some places in the world... I mean, water's already a scarce commodity. And and if the doomsayers are right, it's going to become an even more scarce commodity. Okay? Um, so, of course, there'll be a period where there'll be lots of water, and then there'll be no water at all. Um, but will there be hockey, John? Underwater hockey, apparently. Oh, no, I'm, I'm being serious. The water crisis is one that goes beyond being just about climate change. It's actually a true, really here, real now crisis in many parts of the world, and it will only be getting worse. Well, look at where the breeding grounds for a lot of the academies are with Indian hockey. What are they playing on? Dirt. Dirt. Yeah, flattened dirt. Uh, Is that what we should transfer major international games to? Dirt? There's an idea. As it just helps save the environment? Well, no water required. it's not it's not something that you know the sky's falling it is a serious question that the, the sport's got to be looking at is in in a world of dwindling resources where water is already a highly priced commodity is the sport going to be able to afford to run on these sorts of surfaces well, look at our, our environment here in perth in the perth metro area uh what have we got an extra 3 4 Artificial turfs have been added in the past 12 months. Um, why have they been added? Why, why at our club did we strive to have our own turf when there's perfectly serviceable turfs in other areas close by to us that we could utilise and ground share and, and yeah. why? Oh, we want our own home. Look, I get that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not proposing. But we want our own. What we've already got our own home. We've got grass fields. We've got our own home. 
We want our own turf. And what, but why do we want it? Because we want our club to survive, to have a future. And the only way to do it in the modern game here, in this particular environment we're in, is to have your own because otherwise you, you you don't attract the players you want to attract. Yeah, and you that's don't a keep decision made for and now. And I'm talking about decisions that are, that are going to be happening yeah, yeah, made but, for now in yeah, 20 yeah. or 30 or yeah. 40 years time. Might not even be that. But but for our listeners, if they're in a situation with their club that maybe we could build a turf, maybe maybe we should. Um, we're on that cusp of not of wanting to move out of an agreement with a school or um, tra- right travelling 20 miles we, to if, go... If we got another month of 40 degree temperatures here, the Water Authority would be telling you, you cannot use that water. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure we really realise how much of a resource in this country because we just turn it on tap and it comes to us. Yeah. But we're a very fragile nation when it comes to water resources. Oh, it's, it's, well, it's about your local dam, and we're all very aware right. of what's in the dam, what the dam levels are, and, and you know, it's, uh, um, but, we, the, the, but we also get more rain in Perth than you get in Manchester, Manchester. Or, or Liverpool in England. Yeah, it's a weird thing, but it's, it's just something I thought the, the, the sport may have to, maybe the climate, climate sceptics are right, maybe there's nothing to worry about, um, but, it, it, but, but it, I don't think the water skeptics are it's wrong. It's been flagged. It's been flagged. It's been flagged by the FIH though as an issue, and it and it's, good. It's, it you should know, be. We we know that this, this the waterless turf is uh, the long term aim, certainly beyond Paris. And and let's get back to the central issue with waterless turfs is uh, it's it becomes a health and safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no one wants to fall over on a waterless turf yeah. or a sand based turf. Yeah. I mean, I would outlaw sand based turfs if I had my way. They're appalling things. But uh, but on grass, you fall over. You fall over. You fall over. Grass burn. <laughs> there's, there's some give. <gasps> grass burn. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just not just not going there. This is Pumele Lambande, captain of the champion Blyde River Bunters, and you are listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. Big shout out to Fooms. Yes. Pa- passed her accountancy um, exams and everything, and she's now fully chartered in South Africa. Have we this knocked week? her off as a business manager? Not just yet. Oh, okay. Give us some time. Uh, in cool. fact, Tyron, if you're listening... You're in that game. Give her a shout. Yeah, you should some, do. some nice vibes, vibes, some nice vibes happening in South Africa in the uh, hockey accountancy world. Hey, uh, did you do, hear the, do you like the vibe? Hear the big news in the last week coming in the, out of the Olympic movement? What's that? Russia. Oh, yeah, the Russia. Uh, oh, the uh, given the big band. The, dr- the, the, the drugs issue. Yeah, as yeah. A, as a country, not as individual athletes. It must be said. No, um, athletes can compete, just not under the Russian flag. Interesting. Um, what did they do? Who are they going to ban if no, they if what they, they did, what, find what, out a, a non? Anyway, go what, on. what did they play in the last time? Oh, uh, what we could go as the, under the Olympic flag. Athletes ah, can compete yeah, yeah. under the Olympic yeah, flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's all good. Um, but, uh, and of course, um, Russia aren't in the men's uh, men's or women's Olympic draws. No, uh, but it's another another issue yeah, where the FIH have got to, I would assume, have got to come out and make some sort of statement about where they see the position of, of Russia in the hockey world at the moment. The FIFA have, not going to the World Cup. Um, 
Uh, where does where does the FIH being being a signatory to the WADA code and being compliant with all that WADA stuff, and they're quite happy to tell us about it on their lovely press releases on the website. What's their stance on Russia? Are Russia going to be allowed to compete at the EHL, for instance? Are Russian clubs going to be allowed to compete? It's a club, I think so. But I, I understand what you're saying. I think we're, we're, we're pretty proud as a hockey community that we're not in that sphere. Yeah, but that's, um, that's not an excuse to... to that, and they, you know. they, the, Russian, the Russian men, the Russian women will go underneath the same testing regimes. Well, I assume they are. But the, the the point being is that there's uh, I'm sure they'll be like in other sports end up being allowed to compete just not as athletes under the Russian flag. But what sort of direction are we getting from the FIH on this subject? I'll tell you well, only I'll tell only you because they love signing these things and announcing how much of a partner they are. Yeah. If hockey had never given WADA a, a look at and ran its own drug testing and was completely independent of WADA, I wouldn't care. Yeah. But they're not. They're not completely yeah, independent there's wider from WADA, in, there's wider and they're not completely independent from the Olympic Games. Yeah, we know that. So let's see what happens in the next months. Whether they actually, if they ever say anything about it, I'd be surprised. Anyway, no, your I don't, no, I don't, th- I don't think they will say anything about it. It's, we we know the policy. Shut up. Shh. Uh, we we may reply to individual uh, um, questions. Talking pictures, I saw the uh, Malawi's new turf has been handed over yep. by Politan to the Sports Council there from the Pablo Negre Award. Looking at the rainforest-covered mountain in the background oh, and yeah. some of those pictures, I don't think they're going to have a trouble with no, water for a no, little while. No worries with the water there, I don't think. No, let's hope not. I just need the pump to get it to the stadium. <laughs> That's it. There's always the Dutch fireman approach or the leaf buckets around to the side of the field like the players. Uh, remember yeah. Zalewski got the, yeah, the, the, the bucket, bucket there. Yeah. Oh, I saw Zalewski today. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh. So I was out. You, you sent know. me a text going, oh, oh, the cookers are at. The cookers are, I, I said, what? Uh, a message. The cookers are at MASH. Yeah, yeah. So they were. So <laughs> what I, are they doing in Korea? I was, I was, uh, that's a brewery in the Swan Valley here in Perth. I was out there guiding a group around, uh, having their Christmas party. And, uh, bef- just before I left, the uh, uh, I thought, hang on, I recognise a couple of. Oh, there you go. So half of the the cooker cooker squad with partners were there. Yeah. Um, having a quiet little time to themselves, having a few coldies on a in a very hot bar, to be honest. Um, and I didn't bother them. I was, I was standing outside talking to one of my clients, and uh, Aaron Zalewski came out with his partner with a, another young lady to take a photograph, and it was it was a terrible vista that they they chose to come and get the photo and i went guys go the other side of the building go through the bar around to your left there's this beautiful tree out there which is was uh planted in 1750 and it's got been lightning struck and there's all sorts of different branches coming off and it's stunning oh great yeah thanks very much 1750 oh, no 18 18 oh, i don't know what it was it's you don't know. White fella hey, did. The white fella did, mate. Yeah. Yeah? Come on. Go on. I was talking to one of my indigenous friends at the time, and he said it was 1750. Well, no, no, but if you know better, that's that, that's fine. Um, <laughs> white man. <laughs> and uh, look at my tan, mate. You can't call me a white man at the moment. Jeez. Hot, hot, hot. Uh, anyway. You're a palm. I'm walking, back, I'm walking back in. If you think that's brown, you're struggling a bit huh? more. Get out of it. This is good for a Scots, Scots blood. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I've walked back into the main bar and, um, 
Zeus has come back the other way. Zeus on uh, Zeus now. <laughs> Oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, he's come back. He's come back the other way. <laughs> and I, um, I said, uh, "That better for you, was it?" He went, "Oh yeah, much better." I said, "There you go. Yeah, no, no, no worries." Oh, that's nice. And, and then he, said, <laughs> then he said, "Hang on, aren't you the bloke from the reverse stick that interviewed me after the GB games at the Pro League?" Did he? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> um, but he had a glint in his eye. So, you know, I, I recognise that fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I've seen that. Anyway, so what, what, what are we talking about? Um, oh, I talked to Hockey Australia as well. They had the Hockey Australia Awards oh, as well. Oh, that's what. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Caitlin Nobbs, uh, joint, Nobbsy? joint player of the year yeah. with. There you go. You should have looked that up before you brought Shit. it up, didn't you? It was, yeah, I should have. Who was the male? Uh, Eddie Ockenden. Well, what a surprise. Male, uh, we male we did have year. an off-air discussion one day about who was more important to Australian hockey. The men's Australian team, and I reckon it was Zalewski, and you said it, you thought it might have been Ockenden. Well, there you go. Weren't anyway. far off, were we? Um, uh, there's there also... It's awards season at the moment. There was awards in Australia Sports Awards. The women got the... Uh, the, the Hockey Roos got the Sports Moment of the Year award. Amy, Amy Lawton got the most promising uh, newcomer, um, just 17 years old, making her a, a Hockey Roos debut. Uh, where else were there some awards? Scottish Hockey. The Scottish women's team won. Yep, uh, saw that. Um, Sc- well Scott Sports Team of the Year. It's all good vibes, isn't it? It's great to see hockey people getting awards in multi-sport. Oh, it's tremendous. Not competition, but, you know, the, you know, the recognition. Are, or, yeah, yeah, multi-sport recognition. Yes, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Um, looking forward to... Oh, you got to talk about Hockey World News first. Uh, yes, I have. All right, we'll do that now. Hockey World News, latest edition uh, 13, is out now. But with a twist this time, John, um, Jade has in the past tried uh, a, a pay-what-you-want model for it. Um uh, a free model for it, and he's, he's kind of got to a point that I need to be, make some money out of this to keep making it happen, to be able to pay the contributors, and to be able be able to keep making the high class quality publication that it is. And he's getting some good numbers, like hundred thousand plus on da- on downloads. There's plenty of people out there that are enjoying the content. Uh, he could just do with a bit of support in helping him bring that content to you. This uh, this time around, we got. Articles from Ashley Morrison, Sarah Juggins, Keely Dunn, Simon Orchard, Stephen Finlater. Happy birthday, Findo, from in the week. Uh, oh, and happy birthday, Mahir Vazavda, push past pundit um, yeah. in, in the week as well. I think that's been uh, the, the tweet you put out with the most traction we've ever put out, isn't it? <laughs> Saying happy birthday, Mahir. We can say all sorts of things about the FIH, but happy birthday, Mahir. Go it, I want to put it through push past pundits, and it was uh, in homage to some of the frequent and often... Hockey India, happy birthday post that they put out there. So nice to see it picked up. Uh, talking Hockey India, talking Push Past Pundits, also an article from Harpreet Lamba yep. um, in there. There's an article on uh, the Stick Project, a, a university and club collaboration across Europe. Uh, some stuff on um, the big stadium hockey in Ireland and Sue Catton's uh, work from England to, to help England do that in, in, in Ireland. Lots of great articles. Uh, if you're a hockey nuffy, you love your hockey. Yep. Spare the cost of a coffee or a little bit more if you can afford it. And help out Jade. He has got a Patreon page going for Hockey World News. Check out Hockey World News on all of the socials. Of course, do check us out on all the socials as well, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, all at the reverse stick. And if you'd like us to oh, help, good. if you'd like to help us on our hockey podcast endeavours, 
you can support us through Patreon too. Patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. And you can get onto um, the FIH too and vote for your favourite player bits and stuff, can't you? You can, yeah. And if, you, if you've got a Twitter account, you can go on and just say, uh, yeah, we're a media uh, organisation and you'll get extra points for the people you vote for. Oh, okay. Oh, I know who I'm voting in the top list. Well, I've told you to vote today. I said, have you gotten and voted? And you said, oh, no, not yet. I said, come on, mate. You want it? You... Look, this goes back to something. I know the individual awards don't mean anything to you and they don't really to me. But if you can have, if you can have an influence on it to make it special for somebody, somebody that you've had a photograph with, with, uh, with your arm around, um, then you just do it, uh, don't you? Uh, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see Rachel get the uh, recognition she deserves. But uh, a couple of weeks ago when all that thing kicked off, was it a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Bernardo self passed Put up a tweet. Oh, he did, yeah, yeah. Uh, best player, most popular player, yeah. like two lines, one line. Oh, who's the best player? Who's the most popular And there was some player? good response from that. You know, there was mentions of people like Sam Quek, very popular, uh, has got a public profile, would have an opportunity to go on a more um, votes from people not necessarily looking at her hockey qualities, more so that they, they know her as a person. So this is where I think we've got to broaden our horizons. Yeah. As, as, as a hockey community... It's not all about the top. No. Who's the most popular hockey player in the world, do you reckon? Seriously. It's, it's subjective, and it's and it's uh, if you're talking about recognised by the most amount of people, yep. then you've got to go to India. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Kate Middleton. Oh, okay. All right. Yes, no, you did post that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 as, Seriously? But no, most but, popular. But, uh, but not... For Rec- playing as a, ho- as not, a hockey not player. Not recognised as the hockey player. No, the most popular person or most recognised person, but that wouldn't be linked to hockey But she's also known as people. being a hockey player. No, she no, was. No, no, you, no, you recognise that because you're a hockey player. No, but those those photos of her playing hockey are famous. And there's lots of people who know nothing about hockey but follow the royal family who would know those photos. Oh, no, so you could ask a a, uh, a monarchist or a, a, a royal of fire, no, what are they called? No, but you, and you could say... What sport does Kate Middleton play? Princess Kate, Duchess of Cambridge. They would say hockey because there would be that association. Yeah, but those people aren't aren't wouldn't have any influence on a vote on it though. That's not the point. No, you know you're right. Uh, uh, um, you know, poor old Heath Ledger, rest in peace. He played state schoolboys hockey. Uh-huh. I mean, he'd he'd be a fairly popular person if you know. It's, it's just interesting. There's there's lots of people within the hockey world. Hockey players are very quiet. Did you did you know Andy Lee used to play hockey? Did you know Stephen? Um, oh, two actors of uh, presenters from Australia well, here. We yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah, we yeah. mentioned the castle. Well, I did know about on. Stephen Curry. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so Stephen Curry, the guy in the castle, who says, "Oh, Dad, jousting sticks." Yeah. Um, he he was a state rep at 15 or 16. Yeah. Very similar goalkeeping skills yeah. to yourself, mate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but there are those people around that we don't know about. And that's, remember when we used to throw up the idea of a celebrity All-Stars game versus a TRS World Eleven? That's the sort of thing that gets people looking at, at the game. You know, we did a shootout. Right? Adding, adding extra goals and all this and having, having celebratory moments doesn't pay bring people to the game. Having Stephen Curry run around making an ass of himself, yeah. that will bring people to the game. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it, yeah, it's a different look at marketing, but th- I've just given given that some thought, John. Our last stick it to John, we got a goalkeeper in there. Mm-hmm. Well, 
not sticking to John. The shootout, sorry, not the sticking yeah, to John. It's cheap. No, we're not going there, John. You know I won fair and square. No, I don't. Yeah, you know who the shoot. I've got secret. Go to the footage, ladies and gentlemen. Just go to our YouTube channel. The shootout is there. Just look at amazement and wonderment the way that I, I threw <laughs> that, I threw I that ball over the top it. of Smithy's head. I'll uh, play that next time. Audio one next day. time, it's it's you and me in goal as well, okay? Because you've got goalkeeping experience, so we go proper one on one. Each time around. So you go on goals and I have you, and then you go on goals yeah, yeah, yeah. and I go. And, and we go, uh, one, uh, one shoot each in, and, and you get a, a, you get a two minute period to put your gear on. If your two gear's minutes. not, if your gear's not on with, within, <laughs> two within two minutes. Now you can choose to keep. I don't have my shoes on in two minutes. You can choose to keep your gear on if you're taking the shoot. That's fine. But, but if you choose to take it off, you've got two minutes to get it back on again before you've got to it's get it to It's still going to take us five hours. Of course it will. But don't worry about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit it down to a nice little 45 second package. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, fair enough. We'll go with that, shall we? Yeah. We'll go with that. Got anything else, mate? Uh, are we okay. going to wind up, are we? we oh, are. Uh, email from Jared over in Canberra. Jared Ivanovich, uh, friend of the show. Hi, Jared. Walking hockey starting at Central Hockey Club over there. Thanks wow, for photos, Jared. Uh, great stuff. Oh, yeah, some link to some photos there. Thanks for that. Uh, Pan Am Elite Team news is out. Quan Brown in his final mm. year in international hockey. He's in there, I think, as the captain. Great stuff. Uh, from the men's side, you can go to the Pan Am Hockey and find out all the information there. Uh, Keely Dunn posted, Matt Allen, you're in trouble. Um, we spoke to the mother of the umpire involved, and uh, uh, she was happy that uh, he was educated and informed and, and went under, in her words, a stress test. Apparently, he just laughed about it. Uh, that's, that's it for me. Everybody ladies. was laughing, mate. Everybody was. Thanks laughing. for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Do tell your mates, share it, like, retweet. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Sorry, it's a bit late this week. See you next week for one two five. Bye. What's a gift of hockey? Oh, with well, Christmas is coming up, mate. If you go and have a look underneath your tree at the moment, there's a nice little box there, and uh, well, that's from hockey. For you. For me? Yep. Gift of hockey. Yep. Um, It's been invented by the FIH because they recognise what a great servant to the game you've been over the years. And anybody, anybody in the world that's played more than two seasons and paid their fees um, or... or, um, uh, volunteered or you know whatever been, been, been involved with, with yeah, they will receive a, a, flower? a gift a gift of hockey from the FIH uh, and okay. you uh, so just check it's a bit like getting something from Santa but a slightly more sinister they really want to give me a gift they could all resign do you think that'll work I'm a bit sus on gifts I'm not sure about gifts mate I got the gift of love once so I just got a license <laughs>